Here we go, and welcome to Tick with a Side of Tets. I've got Tets in right now. This is pre the Natasha Staniszewski interview. I haven't interviewed her yet, but I'm just in studio, so I thought I would just fire off uh, a call to Stinko Tedarenko draft pick 3000. Uh, how are you, buddy? I'm doing very well. Doing very well. I'm uh, getting more used to being on the microphone with you. Uh, we've only had uh, 41 years practice, so uh, I think uh, we're we're kind of hitting our stream here. Yeah, nailing it. I'm uh, I'm on day one and a half of trying to clean my my system out from uh, COVID. I saw a pitcher, and here's the thing: I I knew I was putting on a little bit of weight, but I was still, you know, I'm getting exercise and probably eating too much. And then wife shows me a picture. It was hot out, no tarp on, playing basketball with the kids. Disgusting. It, it looks like I'm literally pushing my belly out. I was like, oh, so it's gotten to that. So now I said, okay, enough's enough. I'm uh, I'm going to clean my system out right now. And then the kids asked you if uh, you get some bacon chives and sour cream with those, those pierogies. Oh, yeah, making fun of my boobs. Nothing. And that's all it takes. Is Sometimes you don't realize when you're putting on weight. I remember in university when I was eating uh, 10 bagels a day. True story. Do you remember in university when I I had no idea what the difference between protein, carb, no idea, grew up on bread, and I always thought a bagel was healthy, so I just loaded it with cream cheese. And on the one on Wednesdays, if you bought a dozen, you got a free one. So imagine that. Like I ate nothing all day but bagels. Didn't realize I was getting fat. Went to grab fries from Dwayne Garrow, and he slapped my hand as he was eating. I was like, hey. And he goes, okay, settle down there, fatty. And I was like, what's he talking about? <laughs> and then it was like a week later, I saw a picture of myself because you know, uh, you know, get pictures developed. Saw myself. I was like, is that how fat I am right now? Yeah, it creeps wow. up on you. I didn't, uh, you know, I've had a beard for so long, and then we shaved the mutton chops. I realized how the uh, the double chin had a had a couple of friends. So, so that'll uh, that'll uh, humble you in a hurry. So, yeah, it creeps up on you, and then, ooh, you look at yourself from some from some weird angles, and you get disgusted. Because I can I can go, I, and now as a kid, you never understood that if he's an alcoholic, you can't have one drink. But you're a kid, you don't understand when they're like, and drugs are bad. Then you do drugs. You're like, no, they're not. They're fantastic. No, they can be bad if you abuse them. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying. Like to have that, I, I don't have that gear where I can keep it in second and third. Because if I'm drinking and it's fun, I can't stop. And I just, I go with it. Why would you stop something fun unless it's very unhealthy to yeah. yourself or, or maybe somebody you love? I don't know. <laughs> so I said it. I'm cleaning my system out till uh, I until COVID ends. I'm going to try not to drink because it's going to be hard enough not to drink when COVID comes back. Because I'll be so excited to get back on stage rip-roaring again. So... I'm cleaning my system out. We're at day one and a half. This probably won't last. Um, <laughs> well, but we'll see. Right you know before I, it, right before it started, you went on a good streak, though. Did yeah. you have have eighty some days? No, eighty three days. That was uh, last year. Out of the blue, I came back from uh, Moncton Comedy Festival, and it great comedy festival. And I love the guys that put it on. And I got so excited when I got there with comics I love. So I, I went real hard. We wrestled at the end of the night. They kept trying to throw me through a table. And the table was rock solid. And I was like, I was smashing my head off the end. Got a huge headache. I woke up the next day. I thought I was dying. And like and then don't remember the end. And I was like, did we break stuff? And in my head, I was like, and then I get a call 
from the executive producer of the festival. And I was like, oh, my God, why is he calling me? He's probably telling me you're a disgrace. You what are you doing? You know, this is you're in trouble. You did some took it over. Took it over overboard. Yeah, and I was just getting ready for this. Oh, I was just getting ready for an apology. Like, sorry, I won't drink tonight. And just and he's like, "Hey, man, how's it going? Remember, you got that five o'clock gig I told you about last night, an extra gig." And I was just waiting. He's like, "That was a real good time last night, man. You like to give her, hey?" And I was like, "Whoo, okay, dodged a bullet on that one." <laughs> and then was so hungover. Um, I'm doing a five o'clock show at a festival. Usually, there's lots of comics at shows, and it can be real fun. But it's it was almost like weird, but I was doing it for a weed company, and I come in, and I'm so hungover. Like, I literally showered at 4.30 and then walked across the street to this gig. I get there. I get a beer and clam, and it's like kind of an awkward gig. It's upstairs. People are just sitting at a table. It's for 10 people. And I was like, oh, man. So I get this beer, and I start talking about the night before, like being blacked out. And, you know, sometimes when a comic's telling a story, like, ah, maybe he looks pretty rough. And then a guy comes in, and they're like, yeah, this is the guy. Make fun of him. And I was like, hey, Gary, where the hell were you? And he's like, buddy. He goes, did Scoots make it home last night? And I was like, Scoot, how does he know I was with my my buddy from back home? And he's like, I was with you last night. And then everyone laughed, like, oh, yeah, this guy was blocked out then last night. <laughs> well, as a comedian, you kind of feel like you're you, in front of those those people. You're always kind of auditioning. Yeah, a little bit. And that you, yeah, especially people that are putting on the big shows and other comics, you know, you kind of have to give her and throw some throw some stuff out there. But and then sometimes I'll be, you know, when you watch another comic, you'd be like, oh, because the crowd's drinking, they'll they'll start talking and tell this crazy. Oh, I was drinking so hard last night at this and this, and you're like, no, no, you weren't. I was with you last night. You're making this up. Whereas sometimes I'll get on stage and it's just like it'll, it sounds bonkers and it's just I don't even write jokes. It's just that's how stupid I am <laughs> so then I did that show and then we had to do another show and end up doing four shows that night and then I was like okay I'll uh and then there's an after party I was like I'll have a couple of the after party just to see the guys because I don't want to jet out and then what happens last one standing at the after party like 5 a.m couldn't get enough booze in me and then I got on the plane back from Moncton and I remember just sitting there I was like okay you're cleaning your system out. And then I went on that 83-day heater that I've never done in my life. Feeling unbelievable, man. It's, <laughs> it is stupid. I don't know how people who don't drink don't run around the whole time. I was like a four-year-old. I couldn't even walk to the stairs. I was like jogging place. Like, wow, what's going on? Million bucks over here. Oh. Yeah, just you always think about your potential if you, if you never were introduced <laughs> to the booze. Yeah. I always... Uh, how much did I limit my potential over all these years just because I inserted really, really, really fun times? Oh. But uh, there has to be balance. I don't know. Those people probably have other issues too. Yeah, it's got to. Their stress level must be off the charts. If you're, if you're not drinking, how bad do they zone in on their problems? Oh, that's a great Oh, man, you're going to make me want to go drinking right now. And that's easy, too. <laughs> it doesn't take much to get excited drinking. Like, if it's sunny this weekend or this week, it's just – I don't know how people who live in hot places don't drink all the time because there's a Canadian in the northern bush. As soon as it's hot, you're like, oh, my God, let's drink outside. And it's the greatest. Yeah. Outside drinking, the the, the sun is the catalyst for, for, for changing your mood, and then you want to just – infuse it with uh with booze you know what i'm gonna do as my diet uh i'm going on 
the Stinko Tedarenko draft pick 3000 diet when you went to Florida. Okay, <laughs> listeners, I don't know if you're the same age as us, but do you remember <laughs> when we thought ephedrine was good for you? And how many ephedrine were you like you were were you prescribed ephedrine by or they gave you No, you could you could just get some. You could uh, No, but I mean did, did they tell some... you to do it? Like did they say, "Okay, have two at breakfast, two at lunch?" or what was your diet regime when Well, if you're if you're if you're at a certain point and you kind of weren't on 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 your goal to, to make make weight for camp, you'd probably try to want to supplement with some something that boosted your metabolism. So uh, yeah, I was taking ephedrine a couple times a day just to keep you sweating, <laughs> just to keep keep you sweating, keep you uh, cutting that fat, and uh, make sure that you went in an acceptable weight. So, but I got super skinny, oh, super skinny. It was I was a. Uh, I was only bones. It was, but. Well, let's not go bones. You were a regular built person because <laughs> you're a big dude. So I remember that like it was yesterday because you were uh, with Florida and it was like all of a sudden it's like you burnt all your shirts because you had lost all, all the weight. You're the greatest. You're like uh, Sean LaCumber, a great comedian, has a joke about um, real estate agents. He goes, what do you do? You just take a picture when you're at your best weight and you keep that headshot forever. That was your summer of just burning shirts because you're like, this is it. This is the NHL rig and prime your life like that 22 yeah. and just. And I, Jack. I still do it. That's my that's my headshot on Facebook, <laughs> on Instagram. It <laughs> is all sorts of it is. It is. I just I just saw it. I was like, did Tenerico just change his headshot? I was like, and it looks like your son now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's really looking good. He's forty two, looking twenty two. But that's the thing. You take the best period of your life, and you just want to promote that. Oh. So you want to you want to kind of fool people a little bit yeah that's the filter stuff is bullshit man that's bullshit we had a we had a yeah. we had to be men back in our day we had to do 10 ephedrine a day and run around the track <laughs> yeah you couldn't hide anything no. you couldn't photoshop anything oh yeah you were who you were that's that's uh you really had to be yourself oh man i wonder what we'll do now let's see how long it lasts my god Okay, but uh, we got Natasha today. This is this going to be a little bit different than the regular podcast because everyone I've had on so far, everyone we've had on, I've met like heavy drinking every single. Oh, actually, no, I was heavy drinking when I met Natasha. Uh, I was sitting with Brian Burke, and then we went to the Middle East together. She's super professional, yeah. though, unlike the rest of the yeah, guys. You guys went overseas to to do um, do work with the troops in in the Middle East. Now that, that would pretty awesome sounded like some pretty good times yeah it it really was and uh she she was great she was amazing like super professional and i'm very unprofessional uh speaking of unprofessional i went and well since we're talking about the middle east i went also to perform for the navy in thailand and i when i went to afghanistan i went to the middle east a couple times and then i got this thailand one the Afghanistan one is it's a lot of work. Like you get there, you land in Kuwait and like you're tired, you're haggard and boom, you're doing a gig and it's not the it's you know kind of just a makeshift thing cuz it's not like you're going to be getting a stage or anything in Kuwait. You're on a base and a tent and and then boom, you're doing a show here and then you're traveling, do another show here for these people. And it's kind of always, you know, not the greatest setup and comedy needs a nice setup. And then you boom, you're flying, then we're going to the Afghanistan, and then we come in there, you do a show here, and then we'll travel, go over some. So you're working hard, you're sleeping in tents, bunk beds, and then I get this call to perform for the Navy in Thailand. And we go there, and 
and going from Afghanistan, we're sleeping in, you know, tents and bunk beds with 30 people in there listening to nothing but snoring. Now we're at a five-star hotel in Thailand. They bring you in a couple days early so you're not jet-lagged. You do one show instead of seven. The, the stage setup, they said they spent like 15000 on this stage It's because they have Beverly Mahood, the uh, country singer. So they ha- they have to have like a huge setup, and then I open for. Her. So I go on, and uh, someone gives me a beer right off the hop, and I was like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" And it's uh, it's uh, and they had I think it was the HMCS Regina, so they actually had some SAS guys there. So I guzzle this beer, and they love that. And the the captain comes off, and he actually tells us they don't actually have to stay for you guys to entertain. They're on decompression, so they have to listen to the captain talk before you go. And he goes. Don't take offense if they leave. But you know what? They all stayed. So I guzzle this beer, and then they love it. They're like, woo! And so a guy throws me another one. And I was like, wow, okay. Brah! So I guzzle it, and now they're really cheering. And then and I was like, okay, hopefully it's done there. But then a guy throws a third one on. I was like, wow, now it might as well just be awesome. And then I guzzle it. And then it's like, you know, when you get a hiccup, like, I was like, oh, my God, I almost puked on stage. Like, what a disgrace I would be. So then a guy throws another one, but it was a different brand. I was like, oh, my God, because I was drinking all Tiger beers, and I got this Heineken. And I was like, oh, what the hell is this piss? What are you, from BC or something like that? And then he was and end up having this great show where you have the perfect buzz, and everyone, like, they're on decompression, so they're ready to guzzle and had this great, great show. And then Beverly goes up, and uh, she did this one show on, on the ship. And she asked for everyone to like clap and get in beat. And then she stopped the thing and she's like, Kelly, are you trying to do that as a joke? Because I can't keep a beat. And I was like, oh, she called me out on it. So she called me up on it. She calls me up on stage to uh, like clap and do this. What the hell is that little thing with the bells on it? And you clap it on your wrist. The tambourine? That's it, the tambourine, even if it's not. Oh, wow. You, re- you really didn't go to music class. <laughs> yeah, I could never hold a beat. So I went and I hit this thing and I'm brutal. So then what do I do? I'm in my underwear at this point. I don't know why. So then I start. Yeah, I saw a picture of you. Oh, that's what we should do. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll release the picture with this uh, episode. So then I high kick, dance as hard as I can, pull the underwear up my ass, and then lay on the ground and drink. And when I sent this picture to buddies back home, 100%. Uh, they're like, what the hell? Are you serious? And then my sister just like, that's photoshopped. There's no way. Why would you be sitting? <laughs> yeah. And the best part of the photo is Beverly Mahood's arm up in the air and like belting out a tune and like I'm not even there and I'm laying beside her. And then if you zoom in closer, you can just see there's nothing left in my eyes. Like, look at this guy. <laughs> so obviously for um, Armed Forces recruitment, uh, there's going to be a lot of Canadians going to the Navy. If you go in the army, you go to Afghanistan. If you if you go on the ships, you get to go to Thailand. Oh, yeah. They get to go <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> that's pretty. That's a pretty good gig. Why Thailand's? Uh, are they are they coming to get us? I I don't <laughs> know, that... man. They just patrol the seas and then they go to port somewhere. It's un- yeah, at Phuket too, like one of the nicest places. And then we finish, and we got like two days to <laughs> to get over that. It was the greatest trip ever. Oh, blacked out and ended up in a tut tut. Had no cell phone. Had no no idea what our hotel was. Sound guy in a what in a tut tut or something. It's a small little I cab don't... thing. But the sound guy David Co uh, from Medicine Hat. Shout out to David Co. Thank you very much. Put me in the back and got me back to the hotel. Can't imagine that. Just missing in Thailand. No phone numbers. No cell phone. Nice work, buddy. Yeah, you could have been the. With with uh, man boys there having a good time. Yeah, just go missing. 
Oh, okay, man. That was uh that was a fun little prelude, man. And one of these Yeah, like, uh, one of these times we will talk about not drinking. Well, we were trying to say let's not drink, and then it just went straight into drinking stories. We are we are talking about non drinking. It's like stories from the war. You talk about them, but I don't think you want to go back there. <laughs> there you go. That's a great yeah. that's a great line. I like that. Yeah. So we're going to keep strong, not uh, not drinking, but uh, oh. we'll see how long this goes. Yeah. Okay, there we go. We set it. I don't know what the actual date is because we'll release this Natasha one because we've got Benny Hebert. I've got to finish out that uh, edit job and we'll get him and then it'll be Natasha. But let's get it going. We'll bring uh, just one of the greatest ladies, uh, most professional obviously beautiful one of those people that's so beautiful on tv you see they're more beautiful in person and just more beautiful inside one of the most professional great lover on uh sports center and that so glad uh yeah another another great person from western canada yeah that's right there we go we're we're breaking out of uh the sask and we're going to edmonton so here we go please enjoy this interview with natasha stanishevsky here we go Calling Natasha Stanishevsky. Here we go. Hello. Hello, Natasha. How's it going? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. It's been man. It's been a while. I think the last time I would have saw you would have been at Brad May's function in Toronto. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You're <laughs> right. It has it has been forever, and I was trying to remember the year that we actually went on our trip, and I don't even remember that. Was it 2014? 2013? Oh, I'm going to be bad at that part, I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to think, because I've went over a couple times, were we on the one, did, I know we went to Kuwait and Oman, did we also go to Afghanistan? No, no, I think that was a different trip. I was just Kuwait and Oman and that was it. Okay, so that's, yeah. that's how we met, because uh, you would have worked in, this is weird, because I had Scott Hartnell on before and I never met him uh, when he played in Prince Albert, you worked in Prince Albert. Never met you there. It took this trip. Me and you went right. a- along to would have been Kuwait, Oman, and we had uh, Brian Burke, Arlene Dickinson, Tim Hicks, country music singer, Troy Crowder, uh, Brian Burke, this Brad May, and um, yep. Daryl Sittler. That's right. Yeah, got them all, or almost all of them. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite the motley crew of us going over there. <laughs> And do you, do you keep in touch with any of them? Because that's it, when you do those trips, you because you're with people for 24 hours a day, and you're with them like maybe five, six days. You really get to know people, and you kind of like they say before you go, you become like almost like a family. Do you keep in touch with them? Since you're in Toronto, yeah. it'd be a lot easier. Well, not a ton though. Like Brian Burke, I mean, I see him around once in a while. Obviously, we're kind of in the same circle, so that's easier. Um, Arlene, I've seen a couple times too, out and about it functions you know that kind of thing uh tim hicks was nice enough he set me up with some tickets to one of his shows a couple years after our trip so that was really cool but other than that i mean you know how these things go right everybody has the best intentions to stay or you know to keep in touch and stuff but then life kind of gets in the way so i i haven't uh spoken to a lot of the people uh, that much since the trip unfortunately i hear yeah i know i i i make sure to keep my connections because it's uh there's tickets to be involved. Brian Burke set me up with tickets to a hockey game, but I always feel ridiculous because I've got four kids. He's like, what do you need, a couple tickets? I was like, ah, uh, about six. 
And he's like, okay. And then Tim Hicks was the same thing. I was like, uh, I keep his phone number, went to his concert. It was uh, great. But Brian Burke's a little different. I get scared no matter what when I see Brian Burke. Like, I just, I get nervous because uh, I did a, a luncheon with him. Like, he he's scary. And he goes, and he offered me to stay at his house, too. He goes, ah, I'm on the road. Do you want to stay at my place? That's all I want is my four yard apes running around Brian Burke's house. Right. I, you know what though, it's this—it's always like that with him, though, right? Like you said, you're gonna get nervous, a little bit scared, because he just comes off at the beginning so grumpy. But then he's not like that once you get chatting with him. But it takes that uh, a few little seconds or minutes before you realize he's just not—he's just kind of a sweetheart, I guess. Not he, really that scary. Yeah, he is. He's, he's just this. <laughs> And he's in the front row of my comedy act. Throws you off the loop right away because you're like, because oh, he could no. look, he could look at you with that <laughs> face, and it, he could be enjoying it. But to me, I'm on stage like, oh, I think he hates me right now. Right. You don't like make fun of him at when he's at your shows, do you? Like, no. you know, how you, do you ever pick people out of the crowd and kind of razz them a bit? I do. And Brian Burke is the only guy that gets a free pass <laughs> out of anyone right. in the world. <laughs> God, I don't blame you. Oh yes, and then oh, we also had and did we had we had Tiger Williams on that one too. We did. Yep. There's a few other people that we had, and I can't remember them off the top of my head. But yeah, I forgot Tiger was on that one as well. And there's the one guy that had the heart condition because didn't we didn't we land in Italy too? I, but I forget oh, that guy, Tony. I for, yeah, to, oh, Tony. What? He was such a great guy yeah. too. Remember how? <laughs> Lovely he was. I forgot about that landing. Holy, I forget about everything. That was quite the trip. We were delayed like a couple hours at least, weren't we? Yeah, and I remember going into Oman was a little bit different because you'd land there and there was, like, it's the Middle East, so everything is very weird. Like, we're coming in, and they did a camera crew, they're like, get that out of here. And Burke's patients are so thin. Like, he, he he's a great guy and nice, but his patients are like, let's go. Come on. We, we don't need to all go together. Let's go. And then he's like, let's jump in this vehicle. And I was like, okay. So I jump in with him in May. Were you in on the – yeah, you were in on that vehicle, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I was. Yeah, where, where he brought his bottle of rum, and he's, like, beaking the guy to pull over at McDonald's to get some mix. Yep. Well, we remember that. Yeah, that place is uh, Oman. I mean, all of the whole trip was just, you're like in a different world, right? It's so different, everything there. Walking around in the market, do you remember that? How we all had to like cover up and people were eyeing us up and down? Well, not, they weren't eyeing us up and down. They were eyeing you up because you're you're this blonde (laughs) woman that comes in and you're not like everyone else is like covered up and you can just see their eyes. Then all of a sudden, Natasha's there, this blonde person, like, what is going on? Like, it was the biggest head turner ever. It was hilarious. Yeah, the blonde thing, it didn't help. I will admit (laughs) that's not the greatest look to have when you're walking around in that market. Yeah, there's some some strange people in there. I don't even want to know what they're thinking. And then didn't Brad... And Brad May went and bought, like, the outfit, too, and fit right in. Like, he went and got, like, (laughs) garbed right up. See, you know, the problem was we weren't allowed to take photos of this, were we? This is why I feel like I can't remember all this stuff, because normally I would have had my camera out snapping photos like crazy, but I think we weren't allowed to do that, or am I wrong? No, that sounds very familiar, because I have zero uh, photos yeah. of it. Huh, yeah. I have pictures of, or I did have pictures of uh, Oman at the hotel, and I've lost those over the years. See, I do have a few of those. I, I Same thing. Maybe we were allowed to bring our camera out at that point. I do have a few of those, but... 
the market stuff, um, all the Kuwait stuff, I don't have any photos, unfortunately, which really, uh, which really sucks. But yeah, I can send you some from Amman. That hotel, I've never stayed in a hotel like that since. That hotel was off the charts. It was like it was like the five star. Like people in Dubai go for holidays, they come to Oman to that place. Like it, <laughs> that place was bananas. Yeah, and then it was beautiful. And then do you remember like it was? I don't know what their holiday was that there was. There was like no alcohol, and we had to go hide out in uh, was it Troy Crowder's room after? And I remember I'm gonna leave it because we had that early flight in the morning to go home, and I was like, okay, well it's like three in the morning, like, and then Berkey's like, just the team stays together, and I was like, what? Like I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> I ended up sleeping in a bed, I think, with Troy Crowder, Brad Mays in another bed, and I was like, whoo, that was, I can't believe. And then I, I <laughs> oh sir, and then I fell asleep on the way home, and Burke gives me shit for falling asleep on the way home too. The oh, party's geez. not done. <laughs> See, he's a little easier on the girls, so yeah, I feel bad for you guys for <laughs> sure. You had to stay with, keep up with them. I do remember that party in the little hotel room. Do you remember? I don't know if you were there actually swimming in the ocean in the middle of the night. Yeah, it was me, you. Oh, and Terrell Rom. That's what we forgot too. Was yes. Yeah. The she was great, uh, Newfoundland country singer. Yep, that's right. Because you remember, yeah, and swimming in the water with the stars because it's so dark there. I remember that. That was pretty incredible. Yeah, that had been like three in the morning. Uh, out for yep. a quick Omonda, and then didn't the security guy come and say, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" I think we did get kicked out <laughs> at one point. Yes, I, I believe you're right. Yeah, uh, they were watching us the whole time. I'm sure. And then one of the uh, Sittler, he was unbelievable. He, when I got home, he asked me for my address when I left. And then I got home and it was like two weeks later. And he sent me all these great pictures autographed. And he must have took down at one point my kids' names and wrote down all their names and autographed all these pictures and then sent like a hat of his 10-point game. And then he's got a book of his 10-point game. And just wow, one, one of the greatest guys ever, Daryl Sittler. <clears throat> He is so down to earth. It's unbelievable, right? Like, yeah, just such a gentleman. Um, I feel like, well, I've heard after he talked about that trip, and I think he was a little bit out of his comfort zone going on that trip, but I think he had such a great time. And, yeah, he was so much, I don't know, just so much fun to hang out with and just unbelievably humble, for sure. It yeah. was awesome meeting him. And, yeah. And kind of the only mm-hmm. guy that can keep uh, Tiger in check, because Tiger's, Tiger's the loose cannon of the group, but they played together and Burke almost said it too. He goes like, watch, watch how much respect Tiger has for Daryl that, uh, it almost keeps him in check. Right. Yeah. Daryl, excuse me. Daryl's the one guy on that trip who I think if you gave anybody the eye, you would smarten up in a second for yeah. sure. Yeah. Cause do you remember yeah. the, it would have been, we played, the uh, floor hockey game. And do you remember when Tiger ran the goalie? <laughs> no, I don't. And, and the, the, well, not the, the part was like he runs the goalie from behind. And I was like, oh my God, right by the wall. And the helmet pops off. And it's a, it's a woman. And I was like, he just ran the, a girl, but it's, oh! it, it's an army girl. So she's tough as nails. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh. I do remember that. That game was wild. You know what I remember from that game was Berkey yelling at me because I was not very good. Like, I love hockey, but I never played it. So I'm running around doing the best I can. I remember I was like, put me on defense, but I'll just, you know, 
I'll try not to be a liability. And he was yelling at me constantly for not being good enough. And I felt a lot of shame when I was on the bench in between shifts. He was upset with me. I remember that. Well, guess who's beside you on the bench? Me, because I got benched. (laughs) I I missed two shots in a row, and Tiger came up and put me on the bench. It was, God. it was the most it was the most intense game of floor hockey ever. It is funny when you hang out with those NHLers and the ex NHLers and they're just like normal people, you know, when you're doing whatever on the street and then you get into some sort of competitive capacity and it's a whole other side of them that comes out. It's pretty wild to see. They ca- they can't shut it down. And Berkey wore jeans, I remember that. Plus 30 and yep. Kuwait and Berkey's uh <laughs> wearing his nice jeans. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, I think I do. I think they gave us a few pictures of that game. Actually, I do have a few photos. I have a jersey on. I remember that. I have. Yeah, the, I have the black autograph jersey of all of us, and I've got uh, one big picture of all of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have those too. Yeah. Oh. What a time! What a trip that was. <laughs> have you been on any of those since? Yeah, I've actually. Or did I do Thailand? I think I, I don't know if I did Thailand before or after that one. I did one for Thailand, but it was the. It was the easiest trip ever, and you went in and you did, like, one show, and you were there, like, you got there a few days before, the show was so easy to do, big stage, and you were there for, like, a couple days after, it was easy. That one was a lot of travel, like, boom, let's go here, let's do this one, let's go to this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were moving around a lot, for sure. It was, what was it, only two nights, maybe three nights, there and back, yeah, it was uh, It was a whirlwind of a trip. No doubt. Speaking of those guys getting together and getting uh, competitive, or during this uh, quarantine, are you watching? I, and I, I would assume you are. Are you watching Michael Jordan's Last Dance? I am. Yep, I actually watched the fourth episode last night. Oh, I just did the fourth one uh, last night too. He's pretty competitive, right. keep, keeping the boys in check, hey? Yeah, for sure. He was. Uh, you don't mess around with him. I just love how he has no fear. Like he would just call out anybody at any moment. That would be. Uh, that'd be something to play with a guy like that. And can you imagine nowadays when Dennis Rodman asks, like, "Hey, like during the season, <laughs> hey, you know what? I need two days off to just go party," and and they let him go. And they let him go, which is unreal. And he was kind of better for it in the end, right? Like the story that Jordan tells how when he comes back and they actually do that running drill to get like back into shape. And Rodman was like right there, like right back in the middle of things, no problem, uh, back to playing like it was no big deal. So obviously he was like a different kind of guy, but Phil Jackson knew how to handle him. And I guess the little vacay in Vegas worked. Oh, unreal. I I think those days are gone. They're long gone for sure. Well, even like the golfing, like in the episodes of the like one and two, I think when Jordan was uh, golfing in between playoff games with players from the opposing team, like and on game day, <laughs> like that's ridiculous. But I miss those days. I miss those days when it was like more relaxed and players could kind of just police themselves. I don't know. Somehow I don't think it would work today, but I just it was so much more interesting back then the I wa- way things worked. <laughs> I watched that episode with my son and, and he's like, Dad, can you rewind that? I was like, why? He's like, did he say he was playing with the guy off the other team? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. And Grant Fear used to uh, golf all the time. And uh, I did this hot seat with Grant Fear, and they were trying to give him the gears that he played 18. They're like, are you sh- why would you play 18? And Grant Fear has the greatest line. He goes, well, because I couldn't play uh, 36 or to get too dark. <laughs> That's awesome. 
he is apparently one of the best golfers out there when it comes to hockey players. Have you golfed with him before? No, I haven't golfed with him. But yeah, he tr- he tried to get uh, like his card. Like he's he's crazy. Oh really? Good. Yeah. And Ray Whitney. Okay. Ray Whitney's another one I've uh, golfed with. He's insane good. Like there was a I did this thing for Dillette where they had Ray Whitney, Mike Weir, Mike Commodore bombs at uh, Flurry. All good. But Ray Whitney was like lights out good. Scary yeah. good. Wow. Like I think Those him. Guys, and, yeah. So I think him and Dillette like play. Even like the, when they play each other, stroke play. Really? Yeah. Hope, Interesting. Hopefully, Dillette doesn't hear uh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Grant Fear, he's another like now that they're showing all the old hockey games from like the eighties and the nineties. Watching some of those games, I don't know if you've seen any, seen any of them, but like watching Grant Fear and Andy Moog and all these old Oiler goaltenders, another like crew of people that I've so enjoyed watching and I love how games were back then like so different from today's game but so somehow so much more entertaining I feel oh we have been watching it's hilarious because I got a text a little while ago they're like boy boy Grant Fear really cut off the angle eh?" because he would just jet out at you (laughs) and then just like he would kick his leg up and it's I I love it like that's why I used to emulate as a kid like I was a goalie and the Oilers were my team Uh uh-huh so, oh, I got. Yeah. Um, we'll go back to. I want to see out of all the sports, which sport are you missing the most? Are you missing is is hockey your number one sport? Um, yeah, hockey for sure. I just think the playoffs in general I'm missing the most. Like NBA, same thing. I was really curious to see, you know, if the Raptors could surprise in the playoffs because nobody was giving them any credit again this year, but I think they could have done some serious damage in the East. I think they could have made it to the finals again. So I was curious about that, but for sure, hockey I'm missing just that not even the playoffs, but like the run to the playoffs, like there were so many teams kind of right on the bubble. And I think those last couple weeks to see who would get in and who would get out, who was going to be left out um, would have been awesome. So hockey I'm missing for sure. Also, because I'm sure the Oilers would have made it. So that would have been nice for me being an Oilers fan. So I'm missing that. Um, and golf too. I was actually supposed to go to the Masters. That got canceled, obviously. You were supposed so to go to the Masters? <laughs> I was. Yeah, humble brag there. I was supposed to go. That got canceled. So uh, that one hurts a lot, too. Yeah. So at time. Oh, the mass. And that was your first time at the (laughs) Masters, correct? No, I've actually. Oh, uh, jeez. I've been been three other times. I was there when Tiger won last year, too. So I'm so lucky. I've been a few times before. So I can't be too sad about this one. But uh, knowing how awesome it is. Um, yeah, that was that was a tough one when that one got canceled. Although they keep saying they might play it again in November, so uh, I might get a chance to go in November, which would be pretty cool. Playing or seeing that place, seeing Augusta in the fall, I think would be uh, would be really neat. Oh, that's that's like my my golf bucket list thing, and that that's what I want to get into is all the bucket list things you get to knock off. And the thing is, I'll probably never end up at the Masters. I'll end up at the waste management, drinking into the stands. <laughs> In all reality, that's the one I'll end up at. But so the Masters three times. Did you see? Did you get to see the Toronto Raptors uh, playoffs last year? Um, I did not go to any of the games actually last year. Tickets were tickets were tough to come by, obviously, and I was working a lot. Uh, so no, I didn't go to see any of the games in person. So even as a, a TSN sports anchor, you have trouble getting tickets? 
It's not as easy as people think. People, <laughs> So many people think we just go and we're like, hey, can we have tickets to this? And we get them. It does not work that way at all. In fact, most of the tickets that I do get um, are just from other people that I've sort of met along the way in Toronto. You know, my once kind of once a year, maybe twice a year, I would end up with tickets from work. Um, but that's at the very, very most Usually I, it's from other, some sort of other connection or I just buy them myself and go. So, yeah, it is, it is not that easy. We have so many clients and, you know, we have our corporate box, but the clients get to go to all those games, not us poor little anchors. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you have, the, you have that three pack of the Masters you've went to. So that's, I'm not feeling as sad for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, again, that was not through work. That was from a friend works at Labatt so that was that's not a work thing either but yes I've been three times so you can't feel that sad for me at all oh that was through Labatt yes oh wow okay so what have you seen Mm -hmm. for uh what have you seen for hockey playoffs have you ever have you ever seen the Stanley Cup go well I guess you're based out of Toronto so you'd have to make a trip to go somewhere yeah actually the first year that I moved here the second year no it must have been the first year I ended up driving to Chicago they were in the final must have been 2011 because I was only supposed to move to Toronto for a year um it was I was filling in for maternity leave so I thought I'd only be here for a year so I was like okay I gotta do as much as I can so I got it in my head that I wanted to go watch a playoff game in Chicago so I drove to see the Blackhawks, and I forget who they were playing, um, and they didn't win the Stanley Cup that night, but it was a, a final game, so that was um, that was pretty cool. And playing like the Chicago Arena is awesome, so that was fun to see. And as for hockey, um, I mean, I usually get tickets when the Oilers are here to see the Leafs, but I only get again, I only go to maybe two or three games a year at the most here in Toronto, just because again, I'm working five nights a week. Um, and it's hard to get tickets to see the Leafs, but I do try and actually have, and I've driven to Buffalo a couple of times to watch the Oilers play there too, because tickets are way cheaper. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my, my hockey. Yeah. All the hockey games that I've seen here. Oh, okay. Uh, the <laughs> Chicago, that was 2011. So that was the final Would that have been against Philly. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. And Kane scores that weird one on Leighton where they don't know if it's in and then he, flies around the net yes yes yeah i remember watching that one on tv yeah back when chicago was good i miss chicago being good me me too i love that school i just love the way they had taze keith seabrook and kane and i I love that group of guys too so out of uh at the beginning you would have interviewed some guys is there is there any hockey players that i think i asked you this when we would have been uh over on the trip was it Sidney crosby that was but now Connor mcdavid wasn't even around then have you met Connor mcdavid I have. I interviewed him when he was still playing for his junior team, actually, like a couple of years before he was in the NHL, when everybody already knew how good he was and he was going to be. They sent me out to interview him. So I met him um, a couple or just that one time before he uh, made the NHL. Um, but other than that, yeah, I haven't haven't had much communicate or have zero he fires he fires the old text out to me every <laughs> once in a while yeah no zero communication with Connor. he's uh he's on another level obviously um but you've met and you've met crosby correct i have not no i have not that was actually a funny one too because 
Pittsburgh was another place that I was like, you know what? I'm going to drive to Pittsburgh to watch um, a hockey game. And I think the Penguins were in the playoffs is at there, that time too. Is there no I flights? Think. Is there no flights out of Toronto, or what's going? Or you got a wicked deadly car on gas? No, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. My little Honda Civic uh, was pretty good on gas, but I just Pittsburgh was. I think it's four four hours from Toronto, five hours. So it wasn't like super far. And I kind of wanted to see. Yeah, I wanted to see the areas, anyways. Right, like being from Edmonton, I had never been to Toronto. I've never been really to this side of the country. So. I like to do a little exploring. So, yeah, I just jumped in my car, drove to Pittsburgh. Solo? And I did have a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, right oh, on. Yeah. You're adventurous. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember Brent Wallace was there, though. He was covering um, He was covering the game. So I sat up with him in the press box, and then I had a press pass, even though I wasn't going to ask any questions. But I went into the dressing room, um, and it was chaos in there. I remember everybody surrounded Crosby, and I was kind of standing at the back, like way back by myself at the back of the room, sort of. And everybody was all like the, the team personnel were kind of looking at me like, what is this girl doing here? She has a press pass, but she's not asking any questions. And then I just <laughs> felt like an idiot. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I can't even hear anything. This is stupid. And I just like left the room. So that was kind of, kind of backfired. So Grosby was there, but no, I've never, I've never met him before. Oh, I, I had a press pass. Uh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, he keeps such a low profile, too. Like, it's not like he's, you know, he's not really at many golf tournaments or he's not at a ton of functions from what I see. So I've never really run into him anywhere there either. Yeah, I think he's he's too big of a star. Like, there's a part when, I, like, I don't even know if he can eat with, uh, in restaurants half the time. Like, I think he has to eat by, in the kitchen. That they're, they're, That would suck so bad. Yep, he is like exactly. He's one of those guys on a completely other level. I don't, I don't think he can live a uh, normal life at all. I don't think. Like, unfortunately, I, yeah, I've, I don't know if this is a rumor at all, <laughs> but I, I've heard like when the season ends, like to blow off steam. I think, I, I've, I heard this, and I can't confirm it at all that he goes like golfing with buddies to Ireland and that. Oh, and I was interesting. Like, I don't know if it's true or not, but that I was like that would be unreal to go there and you know not be hassled and just golf and enjoy yourself that's probably a pretty good place to disappear actually right i don't i doubt there's uh, many people in ireland who would recognize him so yeah you could be right and yeah you'd get those great great tracks you could go do and all that and oh, do you uh For sure. yeah. and do you golf too i do golf yep i started golfing uh five years ago i think it is yep um, not very good. Wish I was better, <laughs> but I guess that's the way it goes. Oh, that that is the way it goes. So, yeah, growing up, you uh, you played basketball and volleyball, right? I did. Yeah, just kind of played the high school sports. Um, and my brother and my dad golfed all the time, so I don't know why I didn't. Like, I used to go to the range a little bit, and I remember when I lived in Saskatchewan, actually in uh, Yorkton, I was taking lessons. But I never consistently, I never really picked it up until I bought a set of clubs when I was when I moved here. And then I kept, because of, everybody at TSN, a lot of us get asked to go to golf tournaments all the time, right? Like for charity. So finally I was like, okay, I need to learn so I don't make an ass of myself every time I go to these tournaments. So finally I started taking lessons and I bought a set of clubs and uh, I make a less of an ass of myself, I guess, when I go to these tournaments now. Those tournaments are the best though, because they only need maybe it's like a scramble or a best ball and you can just take your one shot and you're like, okay, no stress. Yep. Well, 
no stress you would think i don't know i feel like scrambles are the worst for my game though because everybody's staring at you everybody wants you to make like the perfect shot and you can't get into any kind of rhythm because you're only like taking maybe one shot maybe two per hole so in terms of improving my game scrambles i don't know they they backfire for me i'm way too much in my head Okay, so you started. Oh, let, let's go back to that. You started. You would have started in Yorkton's because you got a business degree, and then after having a business degree, you at twenty six, you said that that's not your thing. You wanted to, you wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah. When I was twenty six, um, I quit my job and I went back to school. So I went to Nate in Edmonton and I got my TV diploma. And then I started, um, I had to do my practicum for a couple months, and that was in Lloydminster. And then after that, I just kept moving around. Um, basically, I did a huge circle in Saskatchewan. I moved to um, Regina for literally a couple of weeks, and I helped cover the briar. And then a job opened up in Yorkton. So I moved to Yorkton for six months. That was my first official job with CTV, and I covered news. So, like, farming and whatever news was happening in Yorkton at the time and then a sports job opened up in Prince Albert so I moved there for nine months oh um, heaven on earth hey heaven on earth yep PA <laughs> I was basically there for a hockey season I started like in September I think and I was done um in April or May and PA yeah it's a special place <laughs> I had a great time like I met so many great people in PA every every town or city I was in Saskatchewan I met some great people and I mean PA was great I covering the Raiders was awesome because I wanted to cover sports and that was my first chance to actually do it so that was super fun and I think they made the playoffs this that year um, so that was great and then after nine months of that I moved to Saskatoon for about two years and then back to Edmonton for a couple couple more years before coming to TSN. So a lot of moving in a very short time in Saskatchewan. That's crazy. So you say from Yorkton, mm-hmm. you, you did you know your path wanted to be sports? Because you said like in Yorkton, you're just covering news, like you're covering farming. At, at some point when you're doing it, you're like, you know, I know I want to be like uh, reporting things or I want to be an anchor, but this isn't the avenue I want to be sports. And did you just think – okay, I've got to put in my dues and then hopefully more opportunities will open up? Yeah, exactly. Um, the news director in Regina was also the news director for Yorkton. And when the job came up in Yorkton, like he knew I wanted to do sports, but he said, I think he, he said that the faster you get on camera and the faster, the more practice you get on camera, the better. So he suggested I take it. And there was a sports person there, um, but he was like, you'll probably get a chance to help out once in a while. It'll be mostly news, but a little bit of sports. So, um, and I needed the money too. Like I needed a job that actually paid because uh, Regina, I wasn't getting paid. Same with Floyd. So I thought, all right, it, w- it was no big deal to go and cover news. Like he was exactly right. I still got practice uh, being on camera, shooting my own stuff editing my own stuff, writing stories, that kind of thing. Um, and it was like only six months, which is not a big deal at all. So it all ended up working out in the end. So then when you get the call to TSN, uh, explain that process of how they kind of scouted you out and watch you and then just getting that call like, oh my God, I'm going to the mothership right now. Well, it wasn't quite like that because I, my goal the whole time was actually just to get back to Edmonton and cover the Oilers and the Eskimos and all those teams that I kind of grew up watching. Like, I never really, I never really thought I wanted to go to Toronto. I felt like I didn't know enough sports and Toronto was a big city and I didn't really want to move away. So when I went back to Edmonton, um, 
excuse me, when I got back to Edmonton, I was like, hey, this is going to be great. So, and it was, like, it was super fun in Edmonton, um, ton of work, though, like, the job, I worked weekends by myself, and it was, it was a huge workload, um, and I think what had happened is I had sent a tape to uh, the, the the VP at TSN just to get some feedback on how I was doing and how I could improve, that kind of thing, and then uh, I actually ran into him at the Grey Cup in Edmonton in 2011, I was covering uh i don't know there was some sort of gala and i was there covering it and we bumped into each other um and we started chatting and then a couple weeks after that he called me i believe and said that jennifer hedger was going on that leave and would i want to come audition and i was pretty scared but i went anyways and i did the little audition and then he ended up offering it to me and um yeah I just I felt like it was I felt like I couldn't say no I felt like it was a huge opportunity and even though I was pretty nervous about the whole thing and didn't know if I would be able to cut it um, I just figured it was a too good of an opportunity to say no to so I said yes and uh, here I am nine years later (laughs) wow that's that's awesome that I I love how you went to uh, Edmonton and you're just like this is this is perfect like I'm back there and you probably would have got the more Oiler games that actually yeah probably (laughs) Yeah, now you're see, that, but... now you're working too much that you can't even get to the games of that. <laughs> you know, it's it is funny. It's just the way the I guess the job works, right? It's mostly at nights, obviously, because that's when the sports happen, right? So, I guess it's one kind of downside of the job. I feel like there's a lot of FOMO because you know when people are out about, especially in the summer, they're on patios and whatever, and at playoff games, we're all uh, at work, but there's so many other perks of the job and it's, I mean, I talk about sports every day. Like it's not even work, you know, like, I mean, Edmonton and um, Saskatoon were, were a lot of work and now it's, it's kind of paid off because TSN is pretty cushy in other ways. I have to admit it's uh it's a pretty nice, pretty nice to my nice, nice place to be at this point. Oh, like it's, it's literally <laughs> for anyone who's a sports, a big sports fan, like I am, like it, it just seems like a dream job. Like it seems like, so when you were working at night or the weekends like that there, like, so when a game's on or something, you guys just sit there before Sports Center and that and just take it all in and watch this highlight and this highlight. You're like, this is the greatest. We've just got – I just picture you guys sitting there enjoying it all, taking it all in, watching the best of the sports, and then, and then boom, now you talk about it. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. I, I mean, there's it's tough, actually, because a lot of times you don't actually get to watch all the games, right? Like – I don't know if you have the Leafs on a Saturday. If you have the Leafs, you probably have four Canadian teams playing, right? And they're sometimes they're playing all at the same time, so it's actually hard to watch everything that you have to talk about later, which can make it challenging. That's just the way it works, right? Um, but like at TSN, we have a person watching every single game, writing the highlights for us, um, and then they give us the scripts. And hopefully, we have a chance to actually look at them before we're on the set. But sometimes, not. Like sometimes, if we're doing a ten o'clock show, there's a ton of games that aren't done until midnight or one right they're still in progress so a lot of times we get scripts cold um and we just kind of have to trust that the script is right but you're right a lot of the times we do just kind of get to to watch the games or at least pieces of them and then we just go up and uh and talk about them (laughs) so it is it is nice that way so is it do you like doing uh then you switched over to the uh morning show is that easier to do that it's more script than you could have stayed at home and watched it at night or or what time do you go there and record that So the morning show, that is um, a big misconception that people have. It's not the morning show. We actually, Kate and I, when we did that show, um, 
that was live in Toronto at 1 a.m. So and then it would loop all night into the morning. So we weren't working in the mornings. That was that's the latest shift out there. So basically, I wouldn't get into work until about 8:30, and then if everything went according to plan and the show was perfect, we'd be done at 2 a.m. But a lot of times that show, I mean, it's a lot of times there it's it's hard to get a show perfect, right? A perfect one-hour show where there's no mistakes. Um, so if there are mistakes during that live show, we'd have to stay later and kind of fix them. Like we could redo parts of the show and then they would insert it back because that show goes all night. The producers wanted it to be perfect and in the morning. So a lot of times on that shift, we wouldn't be done until about 2.30, I would say, 2 or 2.30. And then during playoffs, when games on the West Coast go into overtime, like back in the day when Chicago was good and L.A. and San Jose and Anaheim, those games wouldn't be done until like 2.33 in Toronto. So we would have to stay until those games were finished before we could leave because it was our final show and it looped all night and into the morning. So that was a tough shift for sure. I don't do it anymore. We both kind of finished off last last year because we got a little bit tired of it. The hours were really tough with that one. So I wasn't going to bed until like 4 a.m. sometimes, 4.30. So that's the part of the job I think that is probably the toughest for sure. The smoke and mirrors behind <clears throat> TV, but we don't know. And you'd barely, you'd have to yep. hope that it's done it too if you're going to make last call at the bar. That's all I'd be worried about. Like, that's a good cut. We're good. We're good. <laughs> exactly. But that, exactly. We couldn't even do that, right? Most bars are closed at two and we weren't done until two so there was literally there's not even any chance to get to a bar and have a drink at all so the social life the social life takes a hit for sure (laughs) that's where i'd be the worst you get a dream job like this is gonna affect my drink and uh, i'll take a different one then yeah it's tough you have to make it up make up for it on the weekends for sure the weekends you go pretty hard So and you guys had uh, big shoes to fill because you and Kate moved in for Jay and Dan and everyone and Jay and Dan were so popular. But you guys moved in and it it seemed like after a while, like it's just like ah, it, people kind of forgot about Jay and Dan. They shouldn't have went to the well, states, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if people forgot about them necessarily. Um, well, it, so it was, yeah, I think it was just something different. Sorry, I, I, I I I was a huge Jay and Dan fan and I still am. But when you guys moved in, it was it was no. Like I, I loved you guys instantly too. Like it was a, it was, uh, it like it seemed like it had been such a hard shoes to fill, but you guys did such a good job. Yeah, it was hard. Like I think um, right when they left, Kate and Dutch took over that late show for a year. Dutch was in there for a year, and then I think he was like, "Screw it, I hate these hours because they were so late." So he ended up leaving that shift, and then I slid in after. So. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think a lot of people at the beginning were like, these girls suck. We hate them because nobody likes change, right? Everybody loved Jay and Dan. They were awesome. I love Jay and Dan. Um, and then you put two different faces in there and it is kind of, it's hard to fill in after two people who are so good, but, um, somehow we found our groove and we had pretty good chemistry on the air and people got used to us eventually. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun actually for those those four years that we did it. And and Dutch, he didn't like that time because he couldn't get to the gym to bench press? Is that what was his problem? <laughs> Maybe. That could be it. So the shift that he does with uh, Jennifer Hedger, like they're usually done about 11 p.m. Toronto time, which is a little, or Eastern time, so that's a little bit... Uh, I mean, he could still go to the bar after if he wanted to. <laughs> oh, I did a thing but with yeah. Dutchie. He's, he is a real good time. You know Dutch, right? From yeah. Scott, you guys... 
Yeah. We did, uh, it was another Dillette function. Me, Dillette, uh, Mike Sillinger, and Bob Weeks did a function together. And, and Dutch is, he's got a big personality and just a fun, fun time. Good sass guy. Yeah, I couldn't get enough of him. Yeah, he's a good time for sure. He's uh, he's a boisterous. I mean, he's just how he is on the air. That's how he is when you meet him in person, right? He's the uh, yeah, he's a good time for sure. Oh yeah. So now it's uh, you and Lindsay, and and that's all going good. Do you have any? Uh, is there any funny stories or any inside pranks that you guys have done at TSN to Dutch Jay and Dan or uh, anything like that? A little insight of the, what's happening at TSN. I wish I had some good stories for you, but there's not a lot of pranksters, actually. Now I'm trying to think of some good story for you, but it's pretty. We're pretty straight there, I guess. When you're when you're mess like you can't really mess around too much when you have live TV, right? Like, I guess you kind of got to be careful um, what you do. But yeah, no pranks. But I would say everyone there is like pretty. They're awesome. Like everyone's super easygoing and they're easy to get along with. But not too many jokesters, really, when it comes to pranks, I would say, okay. unfortunately. And I guess it would be some of you guys wouldn't even cross paths. Like you all, we see you guys on TSN, but there would just be different different hours, different things. Like it would take some sort of weird Christmas party. Like, do you see Vic Router? Do you see Paul Rona? Do you see Gord Miller? Like, Yeah, that's a great question. And no, like I haven't seen Gord Miller in years. Like Ray Ferraro, <laughs> like Ferraro Lowe. I, we, you're exactly right. We never see them. Even the guys on the panel, like um, like Bob McKenzie and Darren Dreger, they're in a completely different studio than us, and we rarely see them. Maybe in the makeup room, we bump into them once in a while. Jay and Dan now, same thing too. They're in a completely different building than us, um, so we rarely ever see those guys. It's funny. It's like ships passing in the night. And I, I know if you watch Sports Center, you think we're like one big happy family and we all see each other, but it's not quite like that. <laughs> That's funny. I'm. I've seen, like, I've went to the World Juniors a couple of times. I see Gord Miller there, and I just worked with Bob McKenzie and Brandon. And so I, I, I've worked with Dutchie, so I've almost seen them as much as you have then. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you probably know them better than I do, actually. It's true. So have, have you even met Vic Router? I have met Vic Router, yeah. But on it, like, Vic, I probably met him maybe the second year that I came here, but I haven't, I haven't seen him since. I haven't seen him since. Like I wa- and I love curling, right? I watch curling all the time, and I, he's awesome, obviously. But to see him actually in person, it's probably been at least six years since I've seen him in person. Okay, you're going to be the podcast yeah. after a curler. So, who is your favorite curler of all time? <laughs> My favorite curler of all. I've never had that question before. <laughs> That's Kelly Taylor's like podcast, a, Tough Questions. I feel like this is a trick question. Didn't uh, you have Ben on your show recently? Oh, okay, who's the greatest lead curler of all time then? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I love all the curlers. I love the sport. I think that they have a, a, like a, such a fun time. Like the few times that I've been to the Briar, I just, I love how they're so personable and down to earth and they just like mix in with the fans and the crowd. But I don't know if I have a, a favorite uh, one. Uh, Benny Hebert. Benny yeah. Hebert was uh, an hour of gold. He like because he's got his big arms, and I called him on it. I was like, "Do you always wear that tight shirt?" He's like, "Oh yeah, man." He goes, <laughs> "He goes, I never." In all the pictures, you always see them with coats, and and he's always got a shirt, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and I lean my left arm forward because that's my down arm, and it's a bigger arm, and I like to show it off, and I grab the tr- and I was like, because most people deny it. He's like, "Oh no way," and he just eating it up. He goes, "Oh man, first briar. I knew it was gonna be on the TV. Straight to the tanning <laughs> beds." He, he goes like. 
got a good tan on, went and frosted my tips. I was dying laughing at Benny Hebert. The curlers are That's- very funny. Uh, well, he was one of the first ones. I forget who his other brusher was. I'm losing the name right now. But, like, that actually got into shape and, like, put on muscle. Remember that? Like, yeah, like, years he, ago? he's jacked right up. Yep, oh. for sure. Okay. Makes a difference, I would say, yeah. Oh, yeah, he even tells about it. He says the guys will say, but you, you, not a lot of guys would have got that there. So he, he knows. Benny Hebert likes Benny Hebert, too. I love Ben Hebert. <laughs> The tanning bed, though, that's pretty good. That, oh, I wouldn't have known that. That's I, amazing. I was dying laughing. Like, and he, I could just picture him with his little goggles just digging in his car console. Like, I'm going to the briar. I'm on TV. Where's my thing? And frosting his tips. Oh, man. Those guys, I mean, they, go, they were rock stars at the Olympics, right? Like, those guys were, I don't know, just everybody loved them. And honestly, our ratings for, curlings are, for curling are some of the best readings that we get. Um, and and in, I remember working in Edmonton, too. People would always call the station, when's the curling on? What? I mean, it was a lot of old people who were calling the station. But everybody wanted to know when the curling was on and what channel it was on. So it's a, it's a big draw for us when yep. it comes to ratings on TSN. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's what Benny was talking about. Like, they win gold. Uh, the Canadian hockey team wins gold. He's talking about coming back with, like, some of the guys off the team there and staying in touch. He's still in touch with Shea Weber and all that. It's just, that would have been amazing, that 2010 Olympics. Yeah, that's uh, one regret of mine. I was working in Edmonton at the time, and I remember thinking, you know what, you should just fly to Vancouver for a couple of days, just, like, hang out there, and I never ended up doing it, and to this day, I kind of I kind of regret it. I feel like the atmosphere was so amazing, and I, I wish I had made the trip, but uh, what can you do? Yeah, okay, I'll let I'll let you get going here in a uh, little bit. We've, uh, that's a few questions I want to be, is what's your bucket list things to see as, uh, like, the Masters? I can't believe you've knocked that off. I got to a World <laughs> Juniors and watched them win gold this year. That's the one, but the Stanley Cup, I have uh, as a huge bucket list. But the thing with, with me, I can't chase it. Like, you know, if it's a game four, they might not win. And then you're like, oh, now I got to f- get a ticket, fly somewhere, get another ticket. And then you're like, oh, if they don't win there, I got to. So I almost have to wait for a game seven. So a few years back when San Jose and Pittsburgh were at game six, I'm on my computer. And this is weird. I have to make cuts. Like, I'm just like, oh, I got four kids, a wife, but I can only afford to take one. So I took my, I was going <laughs> to take my oldest son. So I'm sitting on the computer. I was like, I'll buy tickets to Pittsburgh if they – and then I'll, I got the ticket set, and then uh, Pittsburgh won in six. So I was like, oh, okay. So the Stanley uh, Cup okay. is my, my ultimate uh, goal to see. I want to see it go. Do you have an ultimate uh, sports one? You – that's exactly what mine is too, actually. This is a boring answer because you just explained it perfectly is I would love <laughs> to be at a game – where the Stanley Cup is won, but you're right, it's tricky. You might have to be flying back and forth and go to a couple different games before you see it, but um, that for sure is is my number one on my bucket list. And I mean, to see the Oilers win would be great, but I like I, it's hard to try and organize that. It's hard to make that happen and be in the right place at the right time. So just to see anybody win the Stanley Cup would be, uh, it's for sure my number one bucket list. Yeah, that's, yeah, and that's the thing too. I'm an Oiler fan mm-hmm. too, but just to, to see it go, to see, like I... Like when St. Louis wanted it, like just the absolute chills and the like the feeling I get when you see the guys like shaking on the bench. I almost like I feel like crying. It's like, oh my god, these guys are gonna win the cup. <laughs> the closest I came was I'm on a party bus with uh, some Keith Ollie has this golf tournament and it's down South Sask and Jaden Schwartz is from that area. So we had Schwartz's dad on the party bus after 
like this is after maybe a month after they won the cup, but just we have yeah. Glo- Gloria full blast at like midnight <laughs> and his dad's just up fist pumping. I was like, oh my God, you must be just in heaven right now. Oh, the best. That's that's awesome. There were a lot of Prairie guys on that team. That was, oh, that was, yeah. I'm so happy when St. Louis won. That was, that was awesome for them. I was too. And then like, uh, I'm buddies with Kelly Chase and Kelly Chase just bleeds St. Louis blues too. So I was, <laughs> I was hoping for, uh, cheering for him cheering for Schwartz, cheering for Braden Shen and Tyler Bozak. Yeah, yep. I loved it. Awesome. Okay, that would usually be – but I also have a segment at the end, and um, we might have to edit this out because most of the people I've had on here are more – they're more uh, degenerates, and I, I, I put you up as a very professional person. So, you, And I asked your friend – I asked your friend Tina Monteleone if I should ask you this question. Uh, okay. Do you, do you, do you know, I'll try to act like a degenerate for you to make the podcast better. I'll do my best, degenerate. Okay, it's it's a two it's a two part segment. I'm getting a lot of feedback. People are like, I love this segment at the end. Um, first question, it's just a two part question. Uh, uh, what chaps your ass? What what pisses off Natasha Stanishevsky? Hey, and there's a back question. Stanishevsky, did you ever? That's Polish, right? Yes. Yep. You bet your dupa. That's Polish. Is that? It is very, very Polish. Yeah. That, that means right because I had a Polish girlfriend in high school, and I, her dad had a sign. You bet your dupe. That just means you bet your ass on Polish, correct? Exactly. Yep. You're right. Nailed it. Are you very like? Are you very Polish? Like, do you, I went to Poland for the world? Well, World Juniors. We stayed in Poland. Soup before every meal. Ate like a king. I loved it. Yeah, I'm very. My dad was actually born in Poland, um, and my mom is. Polish as well, although she was born in Canada, but I am super, super Polish, and I actually went for the first time um, just this last fall by myself. I went to Poland, and you're right. The food is amazing. I loved it. Okay, you blow me, you're blowing me away again. You went to Poland by yourself, too? <laughs> well, I yeah, I don't know. It's, wow. it's hard to find people to travel with sometimes, right? And Poland and Croatia have been on my bucket list forever, and I just, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm tired of putting this off, and and screw it, I'm just going. So Good I went to Poland you. by myself for about a week, and then a girlfriend of mine uh, came to Croatia and hung out with me for the second week. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Kelly. I just, I don't, you can't sit around waiting for the perfect situation for everything, right? Yeah, I guess I don't mind doing things by myself. It's well, a little different, but now you're fine. Now you're inspiring people. You're getting ready to be a degenerate for the last two questions. Now you're just <laughs> inspiring. Did you go to Krakow? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Did you go to Krakow? I did, yeah. I went to Krakow and to Warsaw. Oh, yeah. Crazy beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so the first question will be the easy one. Uh, what chaps your ass? Like, what, what pisses you off? Anything that pisses you off? Oh, everything pisses me off. I get annoyed <laughs> so easily. You just I get annoyed. <laughs> you just went from inspiring to just everything pisses me off. I hate people. It's <laughs> like weird bodily functions or weird noises that people make like if people sniffle too much or I hate toothpicks I hate when people whistle I hate when people shake their leg really fast you know when they do like that nervous (laughs) habit I hate when people walk too slow I hate when they walk on the wrong side of the sidewalk I have a whole list people think I'm this nice person but I have a whole list of things that irritate me Oh, I love it. I, I love you. You've got the best segment of what chaps my ass right after inspiration stories. And oh, I just hate almost everything you do. I'm probably breathing too heavy in this microphone right now for you. 
<laughs> You're not, but you could add that to the list. Yeah, heavy breathers for sure. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Last question of the segment. Uh, <laughs> and we've had really good answers to this so far, so there's big pressure. Uh but you're my first female guest. Uh, have you ever crapped your pants and sharts count? <laughs> have I ever crapped my pants and sharts? I mean, I don't think so. I'm trying to remember. If it happened, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I actually have a whole story that goes with it. I'm assuming this happens to guys more than it happens to women. I don't know why, but... Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have any good stories for you when it comes to that. Okay, don't worry. Darn I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I wasn't a very good degenerate, was I? <laughs> well, you, you made it up in what grinds your gears. I love how everyone pisses you off. I just picture you smiling, just pissed off at everyone. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I got to work on that big time. I really do. Oh. Well, you know, what you know what I can do is I can take a question I asked you earlier. And then you'd be like, oh, yeah, all the time. And I'll I'll edit, have you ever crapped your pants? And then I'll get that question and put it in that way. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, they just, they're, oh, yeah, you can't wait for anyone else to do it. You just got to take it upon yourself. No, I won't do that. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny, actually, if you could do that. I'm sure you could find an answer at some point that would work perfectly with that. Okay. That's funny. That's what I'll do. I'll put a blooper reel in at the end and we'll, and we'll add it in. <laughs> Okay, awesome. <laughs> oh, Natasha, thank you uh thank you so much. That was that was so fun and you'll be up um after Benny Hebert. That was uh I had a blast and thanks for taking your time out to talk to me. Thank you. That was awesome, Kelly. It was uh, it was good to hear your voice. Take care out there. Yeah, uh, you too. Inspiring and also hating people. I love the combination, <laughs> Natasha Natasha Stadashevsky. Okay. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> All the best, Natasha. Thanks a lot. Same to you. Okay, see ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, and that was Natasha Stanishevsky. My God, how awesome is she? Uh, beautiful person, beautiful on the inside. Well, maybe not as much as we thought. Hating people. I love it. Okay, thank you very much. That was Tick with a side of tats. Here we go. Last question of the segment. Uh, <laughs> and we've had really good answers to this so far, so there's big pressure Uh but you're my first female guest. Uh, have you ever crapped your pants and sharts count? Yeah. Yeah. When I was 26 and that was in Lloydminster, everybody's staring at you. It's a huge load. 